Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Papen. Joining me from Dallas, Texas, it's Meredith Mahan. Good afternoon, Meredith. Hi, Bobby. And in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Ann Lundholm. Good afternoon, Ann. Good afternoon, Bobby. No time for campy, long, drawn-out intros today because we've got so much to talk about from your latest week at TBTL. We'll do some LRB business, the week in review, followed by housekeeping and how you can get involved. And with business, we'll start with Friday's episode. If you haven't had a chance to listen yet, I sat down with NPR's latest bureau chief, Phyllis Fletcher, for her Phyllis Fave Friday clips and a breakdown on her new job and how great it's going to be for everyone except us because she won't be on Little Red Bandwagon <laughs> anymore in a few months. It's a bittersweet thing, but we're so glad to still have her for a few more months in the mix as she takes on this new job. And uh, it's pretty baller. Uh, it is a, a pretty amazing thing that she's going to be doing. She's not she's being very humble about it, but I, it's a hell of a job and we're very happy for her and I'm very excited for when she's going to be blue checkmark famous and hopefully still our friends. <laughs> I know. I'm saying that the upside is for me is that I get to tell everybody that I have a friend who's an NPR bureau chief. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And I'm hoping she does get to pop on to Morning Edition or All Things Considered once in a while so I can be in the car and be like, I know her. <laughs> and on top of that from Friday's show, we also had a couple of great clips from Jen from 2008 um, wanting to stand up to a a Bluetooth uh, earpiece user in church and then actually standing up to an asshole at the Azteca. Um, pretty great classic uh, gen thoughts and moments. So definitely go back and take a listen to that, yes. especially if you're a gen fan or ever missing a little bit of gen in your life. That's a good choice. Uh, we got a couple of other business pieces uh, before we proceed. And uh, there's one from each of you. And why don't you go first? Oh, so I came home from work on Tuesday evening, and as I pulled into the driveway, I saw a package leaning next to the door, and I thought, huh, I didn't order anything. Did I order anything? Did I order anything? I didn't order anything. And I had absolutely no idea what it could be, so I took it inside, and I, it's a big flat package, and nothing. I had no idea. And when I opened it up, I found that somebody had given me the gift of art. In the form of that picture that Joel drew of me with my corndog baby from <laughs> my dream catcher. <laughs> it's about, it's bigger than a piece of paper. It's like, I don't know, 11 by 14 or 11 by 17 or something like that. It's, it's printed on canvas and it's amazing. I mean, the art itself was amazing. And then the fact that somebody went to the trail to do that for me and I thought, well, who could that be? And it turned out to be that sneaky little nice lady, Christy Wise. And do you know when she bought it was when we were sitting around Will's kitchen table recording wow. the recap. <laughs> she did say she was shopping. We thought she was joking. Yeah, I totally, when she, she made that comment on Facebook, like, I hope nobody can see my credit card number. I was like, ha, ha, ha. Nope. She was actually in the <laughs> act of buying that for me. <laughs> So now I have a piece of art of myself. I am not sure how I feel about hanging it up. I mean, it seems a little Trumpian to have a portrait oh, no, of myself no. hanging in my no. house. No, no. You need to put that right over your bed. Oh, dear. Okay. That... <laughs> not not on <laughs> that... the ceiling. No, no. Like over your... Over your bed on a wall. Yeah, on the wall. 
that yeah. that just lends a different flavor to any romantic interludes I might have in the chair. <laughs> right. I just want you to know I have a corn dog baby. <laughs> but once again, thank you to Joel for drawing that amazing picture of me. I laughed so hard and it's so wonderful and I just really appreciate that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um also I just want you to know that I giggled after writing Anne's package in my notes. <laughs> So you're welcome. <laughs> Meredith, you've got a little bit of maybe news for us. We're taping at a different time than normal. It's Saturday afternoon. Thankfully, none of us have lives, so that wasn't a problem. Um, but, uh, Meredith, you're going to be off to uh, do God's work tomorrow. Maybe. Um, it depends. So I disrupted our whole entire recording schedule because uh, Duff told me just a couple days ago that he signed us up to volunteer with the Red Cross to help with Houston. And I had no idea what any of that entailed. And he was like, oh, yeah, like the next day. He's like, you got to sign up and you got to do a background check and all this. Stuff. I was like, OK, <laughs> I have like three days to get this squared away. Um, so I did all the paperwork and I, I figured all that stuff out. But I haven't heard back from them on my background check. So I'm not I guess I'm just going to cross my fingers and show up and and as bobby suggested maybe hand them my tsa pre-check card uh <laughs> so that they know that i am trustworthy um so but i i, I would really like to help i mean what we're going to be doing, I think, is putting together school supplies for the kids um, from Houston who have been displaced to Dallas, who have to start school here. Um, the Dallas public schools are taking in a ton of kids from Houston, and, and obviously they don't have any supplies. So I think that's kind of what we're going to be working on, but I'm not sure. Um, so this may have all been for naught. One way or another, I'm sure you'll find a way to help. I hope so. Well, we've already done, like, I've donated to the SPCA and gave, uh, somebody was doing a diaper drive and I bought a bunch of diapers. Diapers aren't cheap. Oh my God. Um, and then a bunch of like toiletries and stuff. So I've done a little bit so far, but I would like to do more because Houston is hurting. I'm confused. Are there a lot of shady characters that are trying to get in with the Red Cross? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was surprised I was, I had to do that. Like, what who what kind of serial killers want to volunteer exactly in disaster areas? I don't know. It's a it's a hamburglar situation. You're going to be putting all these things together, and then there's just going to be a, a nefarious character trying to steal the school supplies for the kids. That in must the be it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Meredith, since you're our uh, on the ground Texas expert, I mean, so is Mike, but uh, he's been a little preoccupied. I believe his beds have moved, by the way, everybody. So he is no longer living in Kyle, Texas. More on that to come soon, I'm sure, when he's got the new studio set up ready to go. Uh, Meredith, it falls on you then. Maybe you could give us a couple of links for the show notes for the charities that you've given to. That way, none of us have to do any homework on where we should send our support. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll do that. All right. Thanks. Uh, and with that, we've got some throw your phone moments. But I think more or less all of them, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're sort of good to intersperse throughout the week this week uh we have one and a half that are right at the end of the list that are general that um have to do with last week's recap oh all right then uh do you want to go through our correction and follow up on correction <laughs> yes not so much a correction but just a clarification from justina she says not throwing just informing the term uh, Antifa came here from Europe and Germany in particular, which is why it sounds so weird to us Americans. If you hear it with your German ear, it will suddenly make more sense. And that came from the sort of passing comment that we made that uh, that that I didn't I don't like the word Antifa because it's just sounds like a 
dumb word. Obviously, I have no problems with fighting against fascism, but uh, the word seemed very clumsy. So Justina actually knew about why that is. And she immediately sent us another uh, throw your phone moment that said to follow up on Antifa. Mike Pesca did a piece on it on the gist episode eight three. Okay, done now. So, of course, Mike Pesca did a piece on it. Yeah. Well, again, if we had started a weekly recap of Mike Pesca's podcast instead of TBTL like I wanted, <laughs> we would have been ahead of the curve on this. But Oh, my God. Do you think about how much we would know if we recapped the gist? Oh, man. About Mike Pesca's life, yes. <laughs> well, as it is, we know about Luke and Andrew's life. So how can that be better? That's true. I just remember uh, shortly after the gist started, was talking with our own Mike Frizzell about the gist, and he said that it was his number one favorite source for Mike Pesca-related content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely right. All right, let's start with our Week in Review Monday, 2455. Did we say nothing? Question mark, exclamation point. Um, just reading the... Well, it's like I'm speaking text to my phone. I think that was mentioned this week. <laughs> I found myself doing that in person recently. I don't remember who I was talking to, but I think I said, yeah, sure. That sounds great, period. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't do it. Yeah, we're really, the machines are taking over. It's fine. Uh, We start with Luke saying that uh, he had some folks over to watch the fight over the weekend and admitting that he Mm -hmm. ordered the fight, uh, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, well. Uh, And uh, that he had a little skateboard accident. Because that was only uh, a matter of time yeah. Uh, before that happened. Uh, but we jump quickly into a photo that was posted to social media from one of his, um, I won't say house guests, although I do get the feeling some people slept over. But some of his friends who were over, uh, the post-fight party continued into the early morning. And there's a picture taken at about 3 a.m. of uh, Luke and another friend, I believe it's Camaro Kev, in the pool, shirtless. With some glass glasses and glass bottles on the edge of the pool, uh, that being posted resulted in a text from Carrie asking if the rules about no glass near the pool have been, I guess, voided. I don't remember the exact wording of her text. I just remember it being. Uh, it sounded mm-hmm. sarcastic to me. Um, uh, this was a, a moment for a lot of tens on the Stens page, and a little bit of feedback we got. Um, which one? Where do we want to go here? Oh, here we go. We'll do uh, a throw-your-phone moment from listener Ellen. Uh, Luke has the moral reasoning of a toddler. Being caught should not be the deciding factor in glass in the pool. Uh, also, relearning how to ride a skateboard after 1.5 beers is not a good decision. Uh, there's there's more here, but I'll cut it off there just to say I don't think uh, Luke was fully serious about being mad that the picture made it to social media, he made the point that he didn't think he had to give everyone a firm embargo on social media. He thought that a bunch of adults would fully understand that that would be the right move to keep this off. Uh, I think it was Instagram that blew him up, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is that Luke just forgot that adults who drink <laughs> become children. Right. And children love social media. <laughs> I, I think that Luke was hamming this up. I think when whatever carries on... She has mentioned how Luke likes to sort of exaggerate things. I'd be less worried about him than uh, than some of our listeners were with some more throw your phone moments we got. I would agree with that. I mean, still, glass near the pool is a bad idea. Yeah. 
It was a terrible idea. <laughs> just put some plastic cups by the door. Uh, or just get cheap-ass liquor that comes in plastic jugs. That'll also be fine. Uh, Andrew's main concern about this picture is that Luke is shirtless in it and that it was posted without his permission. And Andrew's feeling self-conscious on Luke's behalf. Um, ladies, I don't know where you might fall on this. Uh, pictures posted of you, I guess it would probably be in a bathing suit, not necessarily shirtless. That would be a whole different realm of inappropriate. Well, but there's, <laughs> I, I really liked the policy that, that we had at Will the Pilot's house. What was it? Just no, was it no pictures at all? Or everyone in the picture must approve? Yeah, I think Is that what ladies it was? in the picture must approve. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. That's good. Will said he's learned too many lessons about not asking ladies for their permission. Yeah. <laughs> well, just... Just in general, well, but but the court says Will's gotten over that. Um, <laughs> uh, from there, we go to Luke outlining the first uh, pre-negotiation outline of his new diet, the 5-2 diet, where he's going to fast uh, two days out of seven. This is now, again, this timeline's a little rough this week, but this is the very beginning. So this is when he says he's going to firmly fast for two days out of seven. Uh, interspersed throughout each week. Right. Good luck. And, and I just have to say, I mean, yeah, obviously this doesn't hold, but there is some good science behind this. It 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 is one of the less crazy things that he's done diet-wise, I think. Um, and I, we'll probably talk about it more later in the week, but I was, I am pretty prepared to defend this diet. Maybe in its original iteration, but more to come. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, Andrew went to Bellingham to get that boat, uh, the replacement for the one he shot up as a kid, but did not visit Luke. Uh, no hard feelings there. Uh, Andrew just reminded us that he tries to keep a night free on the weekends, at least one for Andy time, tonight shorts, Browns games, etc. Um, turning off the lights, no candy to the trick-or-treaters, Andy time. You know. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. He also mentions that he bought, for $2, a Mariner's 1995 souvenir baseball and gave back the plastic case it was in to the guy he sold it um, so that he could have a catch. Because apparently real baseballs are way more expensive, which I don't believe, but that's fine. He bought it, and somebody did note the show picture uh, for this day. Was it Listener Lauren? I don't have that tab up. I mm -hmm. think it was. Um, yep. The... Show photo featuring Professor Bananas in the commemorative baseball is adorable. Mm -hmm. Lauren, you're absolutely right. Luke tells the story of going to a daytime Mariners game as a kid with uh, the businessmen who aided in their sneaking down to the expensive seats. And then Luke and his friend kicking the hands of the businessmen when a foul ball came in their direction. <laughs> and they were going to give it to him. Yep. Uh, Sam and I were in New Jersey last weekend and went with uh, her brother and his wife to a Somerset Patriots game. They're an Atlantic League, Indy League baseball team, and we were right in rich foul ball territory. And I've never seen Sam or uh, my brother-in-law's wife so convinced that we were going to die. <laughs> oh, uh, from getting getting a ball to the head? Yeah. Yeah. Now, to be fair, a foul ball did bounce over the dugout and hit a kid in the face. Um but that kid was not paying attention, and that was her fault. Well, is there no – I don't go to too many baseball games, but I guess – because I'm thinking about hockey where they have that plexiglass up uh, in right. front of the crowd, and they don't have anything like that in baseball, do they? There's netting behind home plate and a certain stretch out yeah. so that if something fouls back, you'd be all right. But this is this is well beyond the netting zone. This is in the pay attention to the game, you idiot 
So right. we did have one foul ball come very close to us, a couple seats over, but I had my hand firmly in front of Sam's face. She would have been fine and I would have gotten a foul ball. So nobody got what they wanted out of this. Are you sure the ball wouldn't have just hit your hand and then you would have hit her in the head? <laughs> that seems like a worse, <laughs> worse outcome. I'm no Andrew Walsh wiffle ball champion, but I am confident that I could catch a foul ball coming off an indie league baseball player's bat. It okay. was a high arc. We would have been fine. Fair enough. Worst case scenario, I probably would have, my hand would have hurt like hell, but I would have got a foul ball. So uh, we were fine, but it just made me think of that. Top story for Monday, uh, spend money on things that will save you time rather than on things if you want to be happy. And this includes things like housekeepers and other service industry things. Meredith, a story you didn't put it here, so I don't know if you want to tell or not, but you had a housekeeper story this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get a housekeeper every other week. I put this in the Stens page, so this isn't news. Is that what you're talking about? Did mm-hmm. I do something else? Oh, right. I forgot all about this. Uh, how many interactions do you have with your housekeeper? Oh, boy. I was just going to talk about it in general. I have a housekeeper every other week, and I have I have somebody come do the lawn, and that has improved my life immeasurably. Um and it's not terribly expensive, but, the, you know, it, it does cost some money, but it's worth it to me because it saves me so much time. But <laughs> there was some collateral damage this week. I um, I came – so I, I have to evacuate the house like Jen does. I can't be in the house while they're there. They're super nice people, and they don't mind if I'm there. But I just feel very uncomfortable with it, and I have to work, so I don't want to have to, like – I don't know how I would even do that. Like vacate my office while they're in the office and then go somewhere else for a while. I don't know. So it's just easier for me to, to leave. So I take Eddie to daycare and I go work at a coffee shop for a little while. And I came back this Tuesday to a note on the bar that said something like, I'm so sorry. Um, please call. And then there was a number for the cleaning service, the the company. And I called them and they said, uh, we're not sure. Let me look into it. And then I got a text a couple of hours later, and it was a picture of one of our um, wine decanters, totally, totally smashed. Oh, no. <laughs> so she had accidentally um, broke it while she was cleaning, which is fine. And um, I didn't, you know, I didn't raise a stink about it because I didn't want to get her in trouble. Uh, but they I, and I said, you know, please, this is not a big deal. I don't want her to get in trouble. And they were like, she absolutely won't be in trouble. No big deal. So all, all squared away. Um, but yeah, I guess that's okay. I don't mind. Um, I'm still happy that I have a house cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that growing up, I always assumed was only for super rich people. Mm -hmm. Oh, me too. And yeah. And in recent years, I mean, we don't, we still don't have a housekeeper. I think, I think we're too messy. We're in that camp of how much cleaning we would have to do for it to be acceptable for a housekeeper to come in is too intimidating. But, um, I don't think it's like that anymore. I totally appreciate people who just want to pay, you know, who respect the value of their time. I mean, I've changed my own oil a couple of times when I was broke college student. And that's one of those things where it's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. The the amount of time it takes and buying all the supplies versus going somewhere that gets it all cheaper and can just do it in half an hour. I've done that, too. And the thing that that bothers me about it is is they change all the other fluids like they top everything else off. And that was the one thing that I couldn't really do is just right. change and check everything. I didn't know enough. I know how to change oil, but I don't know how to do everything else. My preferred gas station near the house is a full-service gas station. And that's one of those other things that I always thought was just um, arrogant. <laughs> like, yeah, 
uh, I'm going to be fancy. I'm not going to pump my own gas. But now I'm just like, it's right near my highway exit, and they're super nice, and I don't have to get out of my car. And I always tip them a couple of bucks that I would save if I pump my own gas. But whatever. Like, it's not going to hurt me to give them a couple of bucks, and I like that they're there. So In Michigan, there just weren't any after a while. There used to be when I was a kid. And I would wish for that so much when the weather was really bad. If it was really snowy or something, that's a really terrible thing to be standing outside of your car when you're getting pelted with, you know, frozen uh, rain. So I would appreciate that. I don't think we have any full service ones here in Texas either. Uh, Anne is being particularly quiet because I think she thinks we're both elitist. Yeah, well, <laughs> she'd be No, right. it's just I don't have any money, so I do it all myself. <laughs> I mean, I don't change my own oil. <laughs> Obviously, I take it in, but... Um, I would love to have a house cleaner, but on the other hand, what do I need a house cleaner for? It's just me. I have no pet hair. I have no partner. I'm not a messy person, so I just clean it myself. It's not that big of a deal for me. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. It would be easier. I, I probably wouldn't have a housekeeper if I didn't live with, a, you know, in a zoo with um, a bull in a china shop for a husband. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to have somebody to clean my house. It's like Andrew says, I don't enjoy doing the cleaning. I just like having it clean. So I would love to have somebody there. But Mm -hmm. I'm always weighing my own little internal wants versus needs. And house cleaning for me is a want, not a need. So I find it very difficult to move it into that other category. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and we hope someday you find the money and the object of your affection that you want somebody else to take care of Thank for you. you so that you can enjoy this story more fully. <laughs> uh, Luke mentions that his family converted the guy who worked at the gas station that had the slightly cheaper milk because of their repeat business there. Wow. This guy became a full-fledged member of their church because of their weekly visits to get their it cheap sounds milk. sounds a wee bit creepy, frankly. Mm-hmm. You think? Just a little bit. That's okay, because this day in uh, TBTL only gets weirder. <laughs> Top story two, do not boil your underwear in the hotel tea oh, kettle. Oh, gross. Because someone had to tell someone else that, ever. I've stopped. I don't know if I ever used the coffee machine. I've used a Keurig in a in a hotel room before. Um, I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but the, I, I will not use the coffee machine, and I almost am afraid to use the iron. No. I am weirded out by using even the Keurig. Yeah. And I'll use the iron, but I'd rather not. Um, if it's a situation where I could pack my own, Wait, I probably would. But people what, are weird. What could some... Somebody stirred their drink with that iron. I, I mean, <laughs> is someone ironing their dirty undies? I don't I don't understand what I, the problem I would be. I don't know. What if somebody makes, somebody makes grilled cheese with it? And then yep. <laughs> you get grease stains all over your shirt. Somebody put something that isn't water in it. Who knows? It's full of champagne. Yeah. Champagne's a high on the list option. Uh, people are immature and terrible human beings. And I have used a hotel iron and uh, gotten stains on a shirt from mm-hmm. whatever crap was on it from before. Um, so, yeah, just ugh. we should all just have Dave Ross's underwear that you just rinse off in the sink. Oh, Duff has those. They're great. It's called Ex Officio. Everyone should go buy them. They're not sponsoring us, but they should. Um, they're really fantastic for traveling for that exact reason because they dry super fast. 
That's so my they're not ex officio full, commercial. They're not full fledged voting members of your underwear board. That's right. <laughs> but I, I think we've talked about this before. Again, if well, I'm trying to save space when I'm packing, underwear is not the category of clothing that I'm going to be focused on. Correct. Yes. No. It's not a space-saving measure. It's a time-saving, I guess. Right. Well, so Ex Officio Underwear is available on Amazon, so we'll put a link <laughs> through the LRB yeah. uh, portal so that we'll get a little bite on that apple, and we'll know <laughs> if you bought them, which is even better. Yep. Uh, and I clicked on it because when I searched, I saw something that looked like a full body suit, and I was very interested. Ooh. Like... Ex officio lawn johns. Uh, now that would save need... some space. Yeah, because you just wear it every day. That's all you wear. Day. As everything. Yeah. Uh, Luke mentions a comedian he has either heard of or knows who brings an air bed because she stays in so many shitty hotel rooms that she just doesn't want to touch anything. Um, it's a little more paranoid than I'm willing to get, uh, but I have told the story on the show before of the time that we stayed at the Motor Court Lodge when I was a kid in London, Ontario. Yes. And I slept in my sleeping bag on the couch and refused to touch anything. Depends on where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this tangent takes us down the motel, the hotel motel holiday in lyrics that, uh, the guys think is an original put, uh, pitbull Really? Is there song? any such thing as an original pitbull song? God. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sugar Hill Gang, of course. I listened to the whole thing right before we started recording. God, that song is longer than our Yeah, it's game. like 10 minutes, isn't it? Or 12? <laughs> I think the version I heard was like six. It was probably uh, an LP cut mm. or something. But uh, good song, 1979. How old are we? <laughs> I was alive. Barely. I was not, but I still remember that song. I was song not from... either. Oh. Anyway, good song. Uh, and email uh, from a listener, Linda, whose first song on her phone is Ain't No Stopping Us Now. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. right about that. That would be a nice way to start the day. <laughs> yep. Uh, Lauren had to throw your phone about how Luke uh, only chooses diets no one can stick to. Let's hold our fire there because we get a whole week of that to come. <laughs> uh, and I think that'll do it for Monday. Oh, no, Ellen's. I didn't read all of it earlier, but she did mention this unrelated to TBTL. I'm super jealous of Meredith's standing split. Maybe she can lead a yoga class during the next event. <laughs> Does anyone want me to teach them yoga while I've drank half a bottle of rosé? Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. I could do it, I guess. <laughs> um, I would like to take the class, but I am going to modify some of the poses a little bit. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to have to have you all sign waivers, too. <laughs> I'm going to do corpse posed all the way. Hey, that's good. I'm going to take the drinking class that's going to run <laughs> concurrently. I can teach that one, too. <laughs> all right, let's go to Tuesday, number 2456. Don't beat up on my good friend Pitbull. Um, can I declare this a Pitbull-free zone from now on? Anybody have sure. any objections? Well... Only that it might be difficult to do our job. Well, we'll see. Because I, you know, I go to a lot of group fitness. You're welcome to skip over anything you want to <laughs> skip over. I go to over. a lot of group fitness classes <laughs> yeah, at my gym. And group fitness class soundtracks are full of Pitbull. There's one class that I've gone to that has four Pitbull tracks in an hour. And I'm just like, no, stop. Oh. Stop it for the love of God. 
Well, we'll see. We'll see if we can accomplish this. So um, Luke starts with a really cute story about how he and Carrie and Rudy were going to the dog park, but Olive started following them as far as half a mile, since she is a free-range cat. And at that point, they decided that Carrie had to actually carry her all the way home and I guess shut her up, right? So they wouldn't, that she wouldn't follow them. Yeah. I've done that before. When I was a teenager, we had an outdoor cat, indoor outdoor, named Bear, and he was really attached to me, and he he was beautiful. He was all gray. He kind of looked like a Russian blue, but he wasn't. He was just a stray. And he, my parents lived, I don't know, eight, ten blocks away from each other, so I could just walk between the two houses, and I was walking from my dad's house to my mom's house once, and I noticed he was about a block behind me at a certain point, and I was about to cross a busy street, so I just waited for him to catch up with me, and I carried him across the street and <laughs> took him with me to my mom's house, and he waited in the driveway for me and then walked back home with me Aww. to my dad's. That's very sweet. It was great. Uh, then yeah. they start talking about there are certain words that uh, they're no longer capable of saying in a normal way because of the podcast, i.e. they have to say ba'adi every single time. Also, dolphinately for sharks, uh, the word spoof, podcart. Uh, Andrew s- sort of uh, takes this discussion sideways by saying that he now finds the word redonkulous to be quite embarrassing. And Luke says that Bill Radke used to say recoculus. That's not very original because my brother used to say that all the time. Weird. Uh, I will occasionally say redorculus, but not very often. But the word that I I had a boss <laughs> that always used to say cornfused, she would say, and I'm cornfused. And now I have a really hard time saying the word correctly. <laughs> I have to say, give me a brark. Uh, that's just become habit to me. Yeah. I can't say give me a break anymore. Um, but I think worse than redonkulous is I have a friend, I should say friend in quotes, who still calls things fails when they don't go well. Mm. Oh, that was a fail. Oof. And it is just, oh, it just makes me blush for her every time I hear it. It's just horrible. Uh, there is a um, member of the, quote, leadership team at my office who still uses the phrase cool beans, unironically. <laughs> I think I heard my mom say a uh, uh, bomb dot com. Wow, we're so, all very cool. Wow. So there you go. So Andrew is upset today because he has spilled coffee all over his office rug, and he knew it was just a matter of time. This is a white and yellow striped rug, which they saw at an antique mall. It was $300, and that was too expensive to justify until they came back to visit it later, which I have done with things. And it was on sale half off, and they got it for $150, mm-hmm. which is still, I think, fairly expensive just for an office rug. But apparently it's lovely, and now it's coffee-stained. I think, see, I don't know. I was, I had to shop for, for rugs re- when we moved into this house because we came with almost nothing. And I cannot believe how expensive yeah, area I'm rugs sure. are. Like good ones that are nice wool. It's so expensive. That is a really good deal, I think. See, my price range is Ikea. So I'm like $150. You can still spend that on a rug at Ikea. It's insane. I'm not saying I think that's fair. I just, from what mm-hmm. I've seen, they're so expensive it's one of these products that has a wide quality range because andrew mentioned in passing i think a three dollar and 99 cent area rug that he got from market basket which is a local 
lower cost grocery store chain in New England. <laughs> and, you know, I think I've got one of those in my office at work right now. I think I have a, a blue area rug I got from, unfortunately, I think Walmart for like $8, mm-hmm. but it's doing its job. Yeah. Well, he's sad about it. And this brings Luke to what he refers to as a carpet etiquette question. And that question is, should you bring a dog to a party if you know that it's a, quote, piddler, unquote? And it turns out that at the pool slash fight party last weekend, one of his friends brought their dog who peed repeatedly in house their house uh, three or four times, I think, including once that they didn't find. So that's kind of a problem. And he wants to know if uh, his friend should have done this, if he should at least have just given him a heads up. Meredith? Uh, So, I don't know. As a person who had a puppy until very recently, I think he's a big old grown-up now. Um, This is something that dogs do. Uh, I Repeatedly, that's kind of over the line. Like, we've had dogs come over to our house for the first time and they feel like they need to mark their territory and they'll pee once. And that's not cool. Like, not all dogs do that, but I've had it happen before. And then they don't do it again. Um, they just do it once and get it out of their system. I, d- I think this is sort of expected when you're around dogs. Um, but if the people knew that that was going to be a problem, they should have absolutely warned Luke and brought the supplies to, to take care of it properly. Yeah. Uh, similarly, it, just that heads up. I actually appreciated what Luke was saying about just more of a warning about what's going to happen or, you know, so maybe you'd be a little more proactive on what rooms you maybe let that dog into or not. Or keep it outside um, all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, like we've had to do all sorts of weird things to, to, to bring Eddie <laughs> along. And I get it. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to go away for the weekend when you have a dog, you have yep. to board it or find somebody to take care of it. And we are away from our family now. So we have to board every, Eddie every time we go somewhere. So it's much easier to take him with us. Um, and then you, yeah, you have to make all sorts of accommodations and, and do all sorts of weird things. You have to find hotels that only allow, that allow dogs, which are rare, um, things like that. So it is hard. Pet ownership is not meant to be easy. Nope. We have friends who brought over their dogs a couple of years ago now, um, little tiny dogs, um, without really warning us, I guess we should have realized that they were going to come because these are the kind of people who bring their little tiny dogs everywhere. But we hadn't really thought about it. And not only did they terrorize Cupcake, um, but they did piddle in several little spots. And the part that killed me was that they showed up with a basket, like a plastic candle basket full of all different sorts of spot removers and cleaners and wipes. And what Mm -hmm. that told me is they knew this was going to happen. And they didn't tell us that that was going to happen. Were these little, like, were they puppies? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I can't get too mad about that, although they should have asked you. Right. Just say, hey, you know, heads up, we're going to, you know, they're coming. They're kind of doing this. But we get a basket. We're all, we're going to be all over it. I was actually a lot more mad about that visit because of Cupcake getting traumatized. Well, yeah, you should never bring Um, a dog somewhere where there's a cat without, like, totally clearing it and controlling yeah. your dog yeah. the whole time. So, you know, I think, I think pet owners go through the same thing that parents go through. And we can talk about this as three podcast hosts with no children is that, you know, you just sort of say, well, I have a child now and the child is a part of this world. And the child, <laughs> you know, basically what I'm saying is your puppy shouldn't be allowed to fly. Yeah. 
I want a no dogs airline. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Just or a section. Or a section. Well, just I a section. would yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if your puppy's well behaved. I I think you have to know your audience too a little bit. And this does go along also with kids is once you become a parent or once you're a pet owner, you just think that everybody loves to have kids and pets and that it's no big deal because it is something that you deal with every day. And I got to say, I don't think that I would be okay if somebody brought their dog into my house and let it pee all over. I don't have dogs. I don't have messes. My whole house is carpeted. So I'd have to deal with that. I just, I don't, I don't think that I would be okay if somebody else had the expectation that I would be fine with allowing their pet to pee in, in my house. No, that's the, no, that's a terrible assumption and you shouldn't be okay with that. That's not, that's not cool at all. Right. Uh, we, we, you know, Eddie did this once or twice and we stopped taking him places until he was potty trained Well, and he doesn't do it anymore. Luke is pretending like it's not really a big deal that just, he like would have liked to have a heads up, but he's kind of upset about it. I think he is. And then he makes the, the recalculous statement that he is very on top of Rudy bothering people. (laughs) He's not at all. No, he's not. <laughs> she's probably calmed down. She's probably calmed down since she was a puppy labs. I mean, he's right that they don't get brains until they're two or two and a half or three. Um, but it sounds like he just doesn't work on her behavior at all. Yes. I mean, he has a dog who is a confirmed nut puncher. So, yep. <laughs> So he's not on top of people bothering or her bothering people. So then they did a sidestep. You know how it is when you like space out for like five seconds and they're talking about something totally different. You're like, wait, I don't understand. How did we get here? How how that happened? (laughs) Andrew was talking about his grandpa's Terry Pooh named Terry. And grandpa used to yell, get down, Terry, (laughs) all the time. (laughs) And um, I don't know. What else did they say about that? That the whole idea of having a, a dog named a Terry Pooh is funny. Actually, my my uh, brother has a dog that they think they have the DNA test is out for analysis, but they think it's a cross between a Yorkie and a Schnauzer. So we were debating whether that makes it a sh- a Schnorky or a Yowzer. <laughs> oh. Ooh, I like Yowzer. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I think they both have potential. Schnorky's pretty good. Well, can't we just call them mutts? My grandparents were. Yeah, they're just dogs. That's what Eddie is. He's a dog. My grandparents, um, they had, they always had a dog and a cat, and the dog was always some sort of terrier, some sort of small terrier, and the cat was always gray, and they always named the cat Simon, and they always named the dog Puck. Always. Every time. Well. Like, they were farm people, so they, you know, they had a lot of animals um, through the years, and every single one, every single cat was Simon, and every single dog was Puck. Just kept it easier. to save money on, on tags. <laughs> on tags, like how- yeah. Will's cat is wearing the tags with the wrong name on right. them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, Will. We're taking a lot of shots at you this week. Uh, so uh, Andrew ends this discussion by saying that uh, Genevieve has told him that he teases too hard uh, with kids and, I guess, pets, and that Vives has been teaching him not to do that. So top story for today is that Amazon is dropping the prices at Whole Foods and not being a Whole Foods shopper, that doesn't really interest me very much. 
But uh, Luke says that Bellingham is still small enough that getting a Whole Foods is a big deal. And they talk about the whole tired concept of the whole paycheck <laughs> joke that goes with Whole Foods. And then, let's see, we got my favorite throw your phone moment of the week from Joel. Quote, Luke is literally listing the prices of products at Whole Foods. <laughs> Arg. <laughs> yep. We've all read the article, Luke. It's fine. Well, yes, maybe Andrew indeed. hasn't. He never reads well, the articles. No, but he <laughs> he does have a great story about communion wafers. I, how did that come up? I think it was about how he doesn't shop at Whole Foods, except if he's on the way to the party where he may stop to get some crackers and some wine. And Luke gives him a hard time about not, not getting any cheese. <laughs> and he's like, look, I'm buying it. I'm not buying something that I don't like. Um, so I guess the idea of crackers puts him in mind of communion wafers and about how when he was a an altar altar boy or acolyte i don't know which one it is for catholics I think he acolyte. said altar boy he said altar okay. boy i you know he was grew up catholic right mm-hmm. so yeah. altar boy. okay yeah. that uh they were told that if they spilled the communion wafers that they couldn't put them back in the chalice thank you very much and so they would deliberately yeah. overfill the containers so that they would fall on the floor so that they could get freebie communion wafers to eat um gross <laughs> and delicious uh, yeah that's where his sense of taste started to develop i guess and this makes luke think of a similar thing when he was younger where um the communion wine was served in individual little glasses which is what we do uh in lutheranism as well and all the leftover ones they would just uh chug what he refers to as the mini shots of grape juice at the at the end of the service gross i think communion wine is disgusting i mean i don't drink wine i think wine is not tasty to me in general but communion wine yuck it's especially gross yeah we did that at my church when i was little and it was grape juice for the kids and then it was an actual like instead of communion wafers because we weren't catholic it was like an actual loaf of bread and you would just break off a piece of bread and eat it and that was actually pretty good the thing is it doesn't have to be gross you can use any bread and any wine for for communion when my youth group took a trip to toronto once our priest got a room service bagel and a glass of red wine (laughs) and sliced it into little rings for us and we had bagel chips and wine as our communion you just have to bless it right like there's just some sort of thing they have to do to make it magic it's the body and blood of christ at that point it can start as anything that's the magic of jesus yeah so could you bring like so if i was catholic (laughs) and you had to eat the wafers could you bring like nutella and slip it on there real quick Make it tasty. You might be onto something. <laughs> a little sandwich. I wonder what the I wonder uh, like what the nutrition facts are. The carbs. I'm on Amazon now. I'm looking at a pack of communion wafers. So, is the nutrition information? I well, if they're the ingredients carb. are wheat flour, shortening, salt, and water. So I doubt they're low shortening, carb. Really? Although they're so tiny. Yeah. It's got ants cheaper than with butter. Shortening. What are the nutrition facts on these things? Somebody asks, the answer is, since Jesus said man cannot live by bread alone, it follows that in order to have decent nutrition, bubblegum, vindaloo, curry, cucumbers, fruit, sausages, what the hell, (laughs) are suggested for balanced diet along with these holy crisps. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Thanks, Amazon user. I kind of want to order some community wafers now just to do appetizers. I didn't know that bubblegum was part of a complete diet. 
$14.67 for a box of a thousand mm. of these. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know what, what I'm bringing to the next potluck. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> what, la- what does your last name need to start with to bring the body of Christ? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go back to talking about Whole Foods. Uh, Luke is kind of disappointed because he somehow thought that the price drops at Whole Foods would be bigger and more impressive than what they actually are. I could have told them that it wasn't going to be huge giant price drops but uh he says that whole foods had been massively overcharging anyway they have incredible profits so it's not going to make that big of a difference to them and apparently we're hoping that this is going to alter people's shopping patterns so people that don't want to shop at whole paycheck may now uh come to whole foods and luke says that uh, there are certain things that you want to buy at a really nice grocery store but something like your toilet paper just buy it anywhere as cheap as you can. And I have a note that you should not cheap out over your toilet paper. I think that's just as important to buy the good stuff as anything else. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. But if you buy if you're buying your toilet paper at Whole Foods, you're buying bad toilet paper and you're paying twice as much as you that's have true. To. We are a quilted northern family and I will be damned if I'm gonna compromise. <laughs> exactly the same and it's cheapest on Amazon. Yep, that's the way we get it. God, I gotta get on that Amazon thing. Uh <laughs> so Andrew uh, wants to be more of a local shopper. He wants to use local butchers and local markets and so forth. Luke, of course, has this goal also, hashtag intentional life, and wishes that he was more successful at it. Uh, but then they talk about how Andrew has the more luxury to go on an all-day scavenger hunt for tamales because of the way that he's organized his life without kids and so forth that is true well his life isn't all that different than luke's at this point no Mm -mm. luke doesn't have to spend every day with his kid anymore nope and continuing on the food thing uh luke's decided after one day that he just needs to alter the rules a little bit on this 5-2 diet to a 24-hour period <laughs> for fasting. It doesn't have to be a midnight-to-midnight day period as long as it's just some sort of 24-hour thing. And then he says maybe he should just only eat dinner every day. And I like to point out, fine, if that's the way you're going to do it, but don't just don't eat, as he says, 2,500 calories at dinner. You're not going to lose weight. Which is not... <laughs> One day of calories on a healthy diet, by the way. True. (laughs) Well, so you guys, I, you know, I asked our um, friend of the show, Dr. Rob, uh, about this because he does intermittent fasting uh, and Duff has been trying to do it. And so Duff has been uh, taking Dr. Rob's free medical advice. um, And uh, so we've been talking about it a lot, actually. And I asked him about Luke's thing, his plan to just have dinner. And what he said is, it's actually a valid option. I do it often when I don't have the discipline to do long fasts or training get training gets in the way. You get better results in terms of weight loss with three to five days fasting. So it's not the worst idea, according to a, one doctor. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not crazy. I just think you can't go whole hog. Like they said, say, is SlimFast still around? Like they say on SlimFast, a shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, and a sensible dinner. Sensible is the key word in yeah. this. Yeah. And even if he ate, 
you know, what is an 1800 calories or something like that? I don't think that mm. would be the worst thing in the world either. If you just ate a normal amount of calories right. for the day, 2,500 is, is maybe too right. much if you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. Dr. Rob's Hollywood upstairs medical college degree <laughs> is trusted enough for this. <laughs> That's right. My primary concern is that he's doing it at dinner and then watching reruns of forensic files, drinking a bottle of wine and going to sleep. Like, wouldn't it be smart to right. do this? Is for... he counting the wine? That's a good question. Yeah. It's probably vodka sodas now. It, wouldn't it be smarter to do that for breakfast or lunch when you're awake and burning calories after? I think there's some evidence that you get a better burn if you eat earlier in the day rather than at the end of the day, but it's probably negligible. And if he's eating 2,500 calories and drinking a bunch of booze, it's probably doesn't matter. That's true. I don't know. I don't think that I could go all day without eating and then go for a jog or a workout or something and then eat dinner because I need fuel before I work out. So. Yeah, I agree. Well, you have to replenish your electrolytes. You have to do, you have to like either do salt tablets or Duff makes broth and drinks that throughout the day. So it keeps his salt levels up. Um, and he still does work out when he's doing it. He says it's okay. It sounds horrible to me. I'm never going to do it. Yeah. Although I have to say, so I work with this 82 year old music director who I love very much. And part of his key to success in looking and acting like he's only in his 60s is that he has what he calls his A-T and his B-T. He drinks one every morning and every night. And this is all herbs prescribed by a <laughs> Chinese doctor, as he puts it. Um, mm -hmm. I have smelled his A-T at morning rehearsals, and it smells like a heavily seasoned chicken broth. And so I think I think it actually is. I think there's some level of sort of chicken base or something in there, and it it has that effect. I mean, people have been eating chicken broth to feel better for a long time. I could kind of get behind that, especially if there's like a bone broth well, component to it. Yeah, yeah. I just think that I have so few things in this life that make me truly happy. And food is for those things. I need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm not, I'm not fasting <laughs> yep. anytime soon. You gotta, you gotta live your life. All right, let's finish up this day with a voicemail from Julia, who works at the University of Minnesota at a research lab. I do not know Julia, but we could get together and have lunch someday on campus. And if she doesn't like you, you could cut the power to her lab. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to cut the power to the whole building, but that's just collateral damage. Uh, she was Better watch it, Julia. She was labeling vials in the research lab, and she laughed so hard at Andrew yelling, you know it, baby, that she messed up. So if the trials are ruined, it's Andrew's fault. And that is Tuesday. All right, Wednesday, 2457, Burbation Nation. Uh, we start the show with Luke telling us about how Olive fell off the roof. He needs to not share that stuff. These poor animals. I know. This is making me fear for her mm -hmm. life. God, she's already almost fallen out of a tree. And it, he also said that she didn't land on her feet, which is really scary. Um, I probably would have taken my cat to the vet after they did this because cats also, hide their pain. An affront to God. What cat doesn't land on its feet? True. Come on, Olive. Uh, we start out for some reason with uh, Luke playing this. Okay drop from night court um he's got one with and without a laugh track uh it's pretty terrible mm -hmm. to listen to um and andrew talks us talks to us about how he installed an ad blocker um to stop those autoplay ads and so that uh, but i don't think that stops youtube ads 
so I think that's maybe half of the problem. I'm still mad that they don't have a paid YouTube subscription. It's not that expensive, and they can expense steps, it. Meredith. And then we don't have to listen to them talk just about baby it anymore. Steps. I know. I know. Just it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Um, Lynn Pham made a supercut of Andrew saying Terry Poo over and over and over, and Andrew took that file and decided it sounded too clean, and uh, so he added some audio dirt to it. I didn't hear it any difference did you guys hear it was minor if it was anything i i got a little bit of it listening closely with headphones on um if only he put that much effort into the rest of the show (laughs) why would you spend so much time on this this audio is too good Um, They talk about having aphasia and how they use that word a little bit too much and play the clip of the reporter having aphasia on the air where she says burtation, which they then turn into burbation, which then becomes the show title. And then on to more talk about food. We talk about how Oprah was eating hot dog buns and syrup and how uh, that reminded Andrew when he was eating honey and peanut butter on a spoon one night before bed. And then they started talking about how they binge eat and the differences in their binge eating patterns. Luke goes through uh, the fast food drive through in a lift. And Andrew sounds like makes food at home out of whatever he happens to have around. Um, Luke is defenseless over cold pizza and will just eat it until it's gone. And uh, one of them, I forget who, brings up how annoyed they are at skinny people talking about what terrible food they eat. And I agree, that's a really stupid thing to do. Yeah, but you never know. You never know other people's stories. Yeah. Um, Andy says, he says, daytime Andy is the master of nighttime Andy because he'll make rational decisions during the day by, like, not buying junk food in his house so that he he doesn't have it at night when he's low power (laughs) to resist it. And that's a good strategy. You just don't have the stuff in your house, right? It doesn't work. you can't eat it. It doesn't work. You can always find something. You'll go, Yeah. Yeah, that's like honey and peanut butter, which isn't the worst thing you can binge on. No. I don't know how you have this conversation without playing the Dayman Defender of the Nightman song from It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. I think I think that Luke actually, I might have imagined it. I think he slipped in a quick reference to it, but I would have had to stop down and get into the whole thing. It's just too good. <laughs> this whole daytime Andy, nighttime Andy thing, it does make some sense, though, to me. Um I I will intentionally avoid buying things that I know I'll eat at night if I'm not careful, and then I still find garbage to eat in the house somehow. Mm-hmm. So. I don't eat at night. What I do, what I do is I I have to hide my snacks from Duff because he'll eat them all. And one of the places I had them is in my car. And so if I really want something decadent, I will stash it in my car, and then I'll eat it while I'm driving, which can lead to like uncontrolled amounts of Oreos being consumed, for instance, and that's not great. Um, but so far my metabolism has weathered it. Knock on wood. Oreos are the one food that I just, I can't, I can't even control myself ever. I actually have done a fair amount of work with my therapist about my food issues and sort of being able to have the things and not do the binge eating, but I'm still too scared to buy Oreos because God damn, they just appear so fast. They sure do. I mean, it's, it's two servings a bag, right? Right. (laughs) Um, I like Oreo milkshakes. I like Oreos blended into ice cream. Um, I like Oreo crumb crusts for things. I don't like Oreos that much. Hmm. If you put a box of Oreos in front of me, or I guess a plastic sleeve with the tray in it, 
Um, I'm not interested. It's because I'm not a frosting guy. And I think they talked about this with Oreos at some point this week. Um, the frosting just doesn't do it for me. I just really like the chocolate wafery. See, cookies. I would eat the frosting mm-hmm. plain. If I would, oh, I would throw so away the sweet. cookies and if just. If I eat could the have a quadruple stuffed Oreo, I would. Yep. There well, was a there can. was an you can buy two double stuffed Oreos and <laughs> but I want it to be an official thing. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a Twitter joke going around. There was a Twitter joke going around of all cream Oreos where it was just the cream, <laughs> and I was I looked at that picture and I was like, please let that be real. <laughs> where is it? Where is it? But it was an April Fool's Twitter mm. joke. Uh, I know, sad. Uh, Domino's is piloting self driving cars, except they're not self driving cars. They're fake because they still have people in them who are driving but will not talk to you or look at you. (laughs) Uh, They have built-in ovens, and part of the test is to see if people will walk out of their house and get their own pizza out of a car. And that is the saddest thing I've ever heard. I don't order pizza hardly ever, which is really strange considering I'm a block and a half from a Domino's if I was really desperate. But if I'm going to order pizza... Things have gotten bad, and I am not venturing out into any semblance of public in order to get it. I'm not crossing crossing the threshold of my house. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, we always get pickup. Uh, almost always get pickup. Um, I don't know. There's just something about – I don't want to wait for it and let it get cold on somebody else's terms. I don't want to be the third house on a delivery run. I'll go get it. I'll but get would it right you it do it out. if it came right out of the oven in this car? Would you do the self-driving car thing? Could it not be Domino's? <laughs> that would be great. That's true. There's so much better um, pizza out there than Domino's. I literally just had Domino's earlier today before we recorded because we had pizza party at Sam's mom's house for reasons I don't fully understand. And um, it was fine. It wasn't even fine. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Well, maybe this will spur good pizza places on to do the same thing. <laughs> but it's the problem is all the decent pizza around us, like the really good pizzas from either Italian restaurants <laughs> or super hipster artisanal places. So yeah. until they figure out how to put uh, like a pizza oven <laughs> on a self-riding bike <laughs> that'll get itself through our house, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, most of them can't afford to buy a fleet of self-driving cars, most likely. Right. That's true. And uh, still in fast food news, we learn about the couple in Houston who called to order Chick-fil-A and a boat. Kind of, it sounds like maybe jokingly, but the manager actually sent her husband to rescue them. It's a very sweet story. And that's the picture of the lady riding out of her front door on a jet ski. I saw that picture and I knew about this story, but I didn't know the two were connected. I think Andrew said the same thing. Uh, It was a pretty good story. Um, Luke talks about how just devastated he would be to have to leave his house like that and and, um you know i'm sure these people are devastated too they don't have a choice though (laughs) like you can't just stay Mm -hmm. um and then uh, luke talks a little bit about the cajun navy and i was a little miffed by this because he made like 10 kind of mean assumptions about them like they're probably what he was saying is they're probably republican hicks right that's what he was saying without saying it and mm-hmm. I just think that's mean sure. and rude and, and you know, maybe true, maybe not true, probably depends on the person. But they're doing a really nice thing and they're helping in a disaster. So let's give them some respect. Uh, we learned that Jen and Sean can't come to the picnic, but they aren't having an affair. Thanks for that image. That never occurred to me <laughs> as a reason. 
Yikes. Uh, and in emails, we get a really excellent one from listener Joe. Uh, he is an engineer in a nuclear power facility, I think. And he was in the bathroom listening to TBTL, and, and he heard TBTL coming from what he thought was another stall. And he out loud says, I guess I'm not the only 10 around here. <laughs> but it turned out to be his phone playing that episode. So he quickly uh, evacuated the area before he could be totally embarrassed. Oh, boy. Oh, Joe. That makes me so yeah, that's happy. that's a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> out of context, that just would be such, oh, the worst thing to say to somebody in a bathroom. Well, there's probably uh, well, some a couple other things that are worse. There, there are worse things. He could have said, I guess I'm not the only other six around here. I mean, he gave the other person <laughs> a lot of credit. True. We're both tens. <laughs> um, Luke talks about how uh, he watched Chris Hayes' interview with Chris Christie. Has, has Have I, either of you watched this? I, I have not. I forgot to go find it after this. I forgot to. Um but apparently it was a good interview that's worth watching. I'm going to go check it out at some point. And Luke was texting back and forth with him. And he noted that Chris Hayes said that he loved the story about the listener who had to uh, miss his Thrive meeting because he had a, a poop emergency. And he also said that he was mad that Luke mentioned Tan Mom without playing her drop, which is true. I mean, that's a travesty. Yep. Yes, indeed. We get a voicemail from a listener. I forgot to write down her name, but um, it's a dream about not being able to get gum out of her mouth every time she actually chews gum, which is a rare occurrence. And this only happens when she chews gum. And Luke looks up a bunch of dream interpretations. And I just, I have to say, I really hate dream interpretation websites and books. They are so based on nothing. It's just like, oh, this is probably what it means. It seems like it's right. It's all you know, like, up. oh, maybe you're chewing on a decision clever <laughs> i don't know i kind of think dreams are just our brains processing what we've seen and experienced and thought for the day and we get to watch yep. a weird movie all night um and then andrew talks about how he dreamed uh about the chris christie interview but again he didn't watch it right <laughs> uh sam had lower braces and just had them taken off last week Oh, does that mean I can send her some caramel treats and you won't take them all for yourself? Uh, absolutely. I won't take all of them for myself. <laughs> Only most. Um, you absolutely can. Uh, or you can send me the recipe again for the ooey gooey tar bars and I will just try to make them because I know you sent it once and I lost it. Um, okay. But I did make her a post braces gift bag and this dream just made me think of it. So I... I went to the drugstore and I got um, some chewy caramels and some packs of gum, which has been her biggest loss from the time she had braces because she chewed a lot of gum, uh, and some Swedish fish. Oh. But I just, oh, and we had popcorn in the house already. I tried to get all the things that she couldn't have for like a year. Oh, yeah. Popcorn is a braces nightmare. Yep. Can we just talk about Swedish fish for a minute? How does it get mm -hmm. that texture? It's chewy, but it's not know. sticky. I don't understand. It's ev it's everything Ablets and Collets isn't. Yes. Ugh, so good. All right. I have Thursday, 2458, Functional Fun Guy. Um, we start talking about Andrew's beard. Um, it's apparently getting pretty thunderous, and uh, we learn that Veeves doesn't love it. And Andrew said he's planning to trim it. And once he groomed it a little bit, she said it does look a little bit better when it's groomed, which he calls sex talk. 
She is sending so. him some clear signals that he really sure needs is. to take into consideration. Yeah. Uh, she said that she likes Travis McElroy's beard better. <laughs> he has a really magnificent beard. I He's agree. Guy. I Yes, very much so. He's got the hair and the beard. I like it when he trims it up a little bit. I've never been a huge fan of bushy mm-hmm. beards. But yes, he's he's talented in the beard department. Yeah, I like to look at them. I wouldn't want uh, my husband to have one because it hurts your face. Um, so they can't come near you if they have a beard, in my opinion. I'm glad to know that keeping it tight is the way to go because I can't <laughs> shave my beard off or I look like I'm 16. Uh, but if I just keep it short, then everyone seems to be okay with it. I, I'm not going to – I can't let mine go wild. Luke mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick, the uh, – journeyman quarterback who bounces around from team to team and sucks there every year, including a stint with the Bills many years ago, um, who has the nickname Fitz Magic paired with pictures of that thunderous beard. <laughs> but uh, even he is keeping it tight lately. I, that one picture that you posted is okay, but his mustache is kind of adjacent to handlebar on that, which I don't like very much. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close to that. It's looking very curly, isn't mm-hmm. it? Well, when it grows that long, there's only so many places you can push it. Well, I think we can all agree that it looks better than Jackson Galaxy's beard. Yes, yes we can. Oh. Yes. And they I comment. Think just scares those cats into submission. <laughs> He's got a lot of negative beard space, that guy. <laughs> well, you want to you wanna keep it tight, but there is such a thing as over-grooming your beard. And I believe Jackson Galaxy over-groomed. I mean, he's... he's yeah, he's venturing into Starburns territory. <laughs> yeah. Top story, really, really short top story. Prince's favorite color was orange. <laughs> the end. Okay. Is that all we got from that interview with Prince's his Prince's favorite color was orange and we're disappointed by it? I guess. We all thought it was purple. Andrew had a hacking scare where... Um, he got an email from one of Luke's Livewire colleagues who he had been working with, and it was a PDF. And since he trusted the person, he opened it, and it told him to, to type in his password like a million times. I Why would you do that, know. Andrew? I, he's not—he's not eighty-five yet, is he? Right. I'm even—I'm even suspicious oh when things come from the University of Minnesota HR department, like benefits and stuff. And they're like, click here to update your whatever. Oh, yeah. You don't put your Uh -uh. password in anywhere. Yeah. No. We got to throw your phone from listener Lauren, who said, I freaked out when I heard Andrew's story of getting tricked into giving his cell phone number. Just days earlier, I had heard a story on Marketplace about how useful phone numbers really are to a hacker. I hope nothing comes of it. I hope not, too. It sounds like he had to change his password, which is good. Um, But um, just PSA, PDFs are... Very unsafe. It's really easy to embed mm-hmm. malicious code into PDFs. So be careful. Uh, they also talk a lot about pumpkin spice today. Uh, I'm sure Christy's <laughs> thrilled to have to listen to that. Um, and they say that Starbucks baristas are bracing for an onslaught of customers. And Luke theorizes they're annoyed because the pumpkin spice syrup As is As opposed sticky. to all the other syrups? I mean, they're dealing with... Right. They're sugar water, and they already deal with a bunch of other syrups all day. I don't know why this one would be any different. Uh, I think it's just the the cultural zeitgeist Mm -hmm. of pumpkin spice that they kind of dread. Um, 
And I just like to say, can we just keep in mind that this is pumpkin pie spice? This is not supposed to taste like pumpkin, so it's not funny to talk about how there's no pumpkin in it. Pumpkin is not a good taste in a drink. Thank you very much. Pumpkin's only good when it's mixed with sugar. Pumpkin spice is <laughs> ginger, cinnamon, cloves, and nutmeg. That's what you're supposed to be tasting, not pumpkin. Which are delicious. Mm-hmm. They're great. Right. Yep. Yes. Um... Andrew says he can't even gin up a hot take on this because he so doesn't care. Uh, but he does think it sounds kind of fall-ish and kind of nice. Um, and they, they really come 180 on this whole pumpkin spice thing. Like, Andrew decides, well, this could be kind of comforting and, and cool and who cares? You know, that's fine. Um, Luke claims to be very eye-rolly about broad cultural trends that a lot of Americans get into. And I rolled my eyes real hard at that one. Um <laughs> Like the family bumper stickers was an example that he gave. And so when the majority of people like something, he has to side eye it like pumpkin spice lattes. But then he talks about how Addie and her mom used to go to Starbucks and he had fond memories of going to free Mariners games with his grandma and they'd go to Herfie's for burgers. And that was a happy memory for him. So he guesses it's okay if people like pumpkin spice lattes, if it makes them happy about fall. So thanks for your permission, Luke. It's an incredibly circuitous way to get to you do you. Right. Exactly. (laughs) My problem with pumpkin spice lattes is that they're sickeningly sweet. Uh, It's just way, way, way too much sugar for me. I don't drink sweet hot drinks like that. And I also don't drink lattes because it's way too much milk. Yeah. So it's lost on me. If somebody wanted to put a little bit of nutmeg in my black coffee, sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you uh, you all enjoy that more plain hot black coffee for this 85 year old man who knows better than to put his password in over and over. I'm just gonna make a pumpkin pie is what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I'm into that. If you want to put one of those in the box along with those ooey gooey okay. time bars, you feel free. I don't know how this came up, but um, Andrew makes a comment that his dad really, really hated Small Wonder, and I just thought that was delightful. <laughs> That he just couldn't stand to be in the same room when Small Wonder was on. <laughs> it was a bad show. I watched it because I was eight or whatever, but it wasn't good. He's mentioned that before, and I love that it's not that he would turn the channel. It's just that he would say, ugh, Ugh, walk walk away. (laughs) Andrew respects him for this choice. My parents did not. I mean, we were allowed to watch almost anything. We had restricted TV time, but the one thing they forbade us from watching was Married with Children. And I also respect them for that choice. That's fine. (laughs) Like, I had no desire to watch that stupid show. Um, But Andrew does talk about how he wasn't allowed to read Mad Magazine, Um, even though his father did when he was growing up. Uh, So they talk about how uh, when Andrew was a teenager, the one time he was allowed to to read a mad magazine was when he was waiting for his dad to have a meeting with his divorce lawyer. And so he bought him a magazine and set him down at a diner counter for him to read it. And that is still Andrew's perfect day. And that's kind of how he realized that was his perfect day. It's a very straight line to draw from that to his current obsession with diners. Yeah, although I would think that would be a not super happy, you know, uh, memory. Right. Yeah. Because it's his parents getting divorced. But I guess this is a good escape, right? I guess. I, I, I used to really like Mad Magazine. I can understand uh, why his dad let him read it. I mean, Andrew references the sexual content, which I don't remember so much, but it was really gross. There's a lot of vomit gags and stuff. Mad. Yeah, I think there were boobs yeah. in it. Probably. Yeah. I never really got into it. I, it's still around. Oh, yeah. Right? My brother so. actually interned with them in college. 
And he still does freelance work for them. I used to love their comics and their Spy mm-hmm. vs. Spy. Come on. I do remember the Spy vs. Spy game for Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few games I ever played as a boring child who didn't like a lot of video <laughs> games. Um, just a note that Divorce Diners for Men.com is available <laughs> if anyone's looking for a spinoff business Jeremy. URL. <laughs> Could make some teenagers day. Uh, the Simpsons has fired their composer, their longtime composer, the man who wrote the Quickie Mart song, which has always been a favorite of mine. And we get to listen to that whole thing, which is really excellent. And I, But I did not know they had a 35-piece orchestra at their disposal. This is not entirely atypical, or at least it didn't used to be atypical. A lot of TV music has full orchestras, and it's it's why so many session musicians mm-hmm. can find work. In L.A. because there's so much of this kind of work. That's great. Um, because it's still cheaper to make music with an orchestra, even if they're union like this, than it is to get licensing for popular music, for music beds, for things. So anytime you hear TV shows with generic music, I mean, more and more it's being synthed and digitized right. and and boiled down. Um, but, uh, you know, that's not – wasn't atypical – Times are changing. Not a chamber orchestra, definitely bigger than that. It's a small, full orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's so much great music. We used to have the Simpsons CD. There's a few of them, but I think we have one of the ones from the 90s where it was all these great songs. Honestly, it would just listen to the songs. The Quickie Mart song, the Monorail mm-hmm. song, the Stonecutter song. I'm sure Listener Bet is just reveling right now. Yes. There's a lot of good music on that show. It makes a lot of sense to make your own rather than and it, if you can personalize it and, well, and you've got and the, good writers and all the that. personality for it. Family Guy was the same way. I mean, I haven't watched Family Guy in years, but those first few seasons, uh, because Seth MacFarlane is such a musical person, right? It's full of all these great songs, and I think um, they've all been at least you know Emmy nominated or whatever. Uh, you know, there's some award-winning, crappy, goofy cartoon music. Crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah, um, and they also take this opportunity. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good point. Thank you for bringing that up. If you like musical shows, mm-hmm. go watch that right now. I think the next season's coming out soon. Still have to do that. We've discussed oh, this before. So good. Um, we did get to listen to the, or have to listen to the <laughs> Bartman Butterfly mashup. It's a toss-up for me. That was JoJo that made that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good job, JoJo. I just really hate the butterfly song. <laughs> uh, and last for Thursday is we talk about how um, Dan Harmon did not appreciate that Adult Swim put up a little uh, interstitial that said RIP Game of Thrones, good writing 2011 to 2016. He called it a lazy, craftless jab. And they played it during Rick and Morty, so people were giving Dan Harmon shit about it. But... He uh, had to distance himself from those claims. And uh, they talk about how Dan Harmon is a very nice functional alcoholic. <laughs> I'm sure. He's very funny. He um, is we, nice. Yeah. We just, um, I, I wanted to watch, start watching Rick and Morty, and I had to actually, I bit the bullet. I so rarely do this, but I bought the season on iTunes, the first season, because you can't get it anywhere else, it seems like. Uh, so. It's on Hulu. We watched the most of the first season on Hulu last night. Oh, okay. So, it's so sorry. funny. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, we have seen little bits and pieces of it before because Sam's brother really likes it. 
um, but we've never sat and tried to watch it. And so I just put it on because I saw it on Hulu after hearing this episode uh, last night. And I put it on. I said to Sam, let's just give this a try. I'm told it's really funny. A lot of smart people I know like it. If you don't like it after the first episode, we'll change it. And they go quick because they're 22-minute episodes or Mm -hmm. whatever. And we ended up watching like the first nine or ten episodes. Um, and, and she just looked at me and she said, I didn't want to like this, <laughs> but she did. She couldn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Friday then. 2459 live from the TBTL summer picnic. And we are in fact live from Maris Farms. And it turns out that Maris Farms is very cool. Uh, they talk about all the different things that you can do there. That did seem to be a, really a big operation. I think I saw like a, a picture yeah, of and it's, the map. The weather yeah. cooperated, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it looked really nice in all the pictures. Because they were anxious about mm-hmm. the weather. Yeah. As you should be in the Pacific Northwest, I guess. When you're playing an outdoor event? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an outdoor event with no rain sight. So Luke and Andrew went to Taco Time on the way to to Maris Farms. I guess that is now part of the fast, 24-hour fast or something. Um, and Andrew ordered a chicken burrito, hold the cheese, hold the sour cream, and he was very missed, miffed that the cashier said, we don't put sour cream in our burritos. He's like, it's not necessary. If it doesn't come, it's not necessary to tell me that it doesn't come. But I figured he's trying to be helpful, right? So that Andrew knows for next time he doesn't have to waste time. Well, he's trying to cover his bases. Mm-hmm. He's talked about this before and how he should just say mm-hmm. no dairy. That would mm-hmm. really cover the bases. And I was very amused that he finally tried Mexifries for the first time. And he says, they're just tater tots. And he's pretty upset about this. He's disappointed <laughs> and outraged that Mexifries are just tater tots. And it's funny because I went to Taco Time with, two, with uh, Christy when I was there and we got the Mexi fries and I ate one. She looked at me and she's like, what do you think? And I said, they're tater tots. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they're seasoned tater they tots. Are. Absolutely. But they're delicious tater tots with wonderful seasoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Rudy is roaming freely about Maris Farms. Uh, she ate two-year-old Claire's sandwich. And Luke says, oh, so she's not bothering people? Good. So as far as I know, he's broken two rules, uh, well-behaved dogs, and don't bring in your own outside liquor, because rules are for Mm -hmm. the plebes, not for Luke. Um, No, no. They don't apply to Luke. But I, I will say that I saw lots of pictures of Rudy, and she just did look so sweet. I mean, she's just robbing children of their sandwiches now. And... Andrew was giving people the third degree about what food they brought to the picnic. Just between us, I thought Mike was funnier. Mike's whole joke on that was much funnier than their thing. Um, yeah. Luke is upset that there is a giant version of the Johnny and Bobo dolls, but also very humbled. I think he's just upset at such a large <laughs> representation of him in cartoon form. But he does ask if they get to take them home. And then he wants to know if Andrew can (laughs) store it in his closet. There's a whole thing in there that I didn't understand. I would say put him out by the pool. Well, Andrew, that'd be fun. Andrew has a Luke shrine (laughs) in one of his closets. That's what we learned. 
mm-hmm. of stuff Luke couldn't fit in his car. It's funny. I always figured there was at least one obsessed <laughs> listener out there, but I didn't think it was Andrew. Yeah, that's true. Well, he did weasel his way onto the show. Um, they that's got true. some feedback from one of Lee's kids, and it, they say that it was probably the best feedback they've ever gotten about the show from a nine-year-old, and it's no more toilet talk, no more Game of Thrones talk. I will allow the Game of Thrones talk as long as Nick is involved, but I agree on the toilet talk. Let's let's tone it down. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, top story. Andrew did some sport things. Uh, Luke didn't do some sport things because he didn't want to get sweaty. There was the episode where he was on the skateboard inside the rat roller where Carrie apparently smoked both Luke and Andrew in that race. And we saw a picture of him jumping on the what air thing, not bouncy house. Cause there was no house component to it, but yeah, giant air mattress. Yeah. But he giant didn't want to get sweaty before yeah. the show. So he decided he would do a thing where he would like play sports journalist and go around and talk to people about their experiences with all the games, but he didn't. So there's that segment. <laughs> Uh, then he saw Andrew playing wiffle ball by himself, and he thought that this would be a great opportunity to show Andrew how it's done. But uh, the he pitched Andrew the ball, and Andrew like crushed it, home run. And then when it's Luke's turn, he just whiffed the wiffle ball embarrassingly, and it's all part of his quest to appear cool. <laughs> and his ego took a pretty big hit because. Andrew is better at him than him at wiffle ball. Uh, therapy. Where's Tara when you need her? So they have Steve and Joanne yeah. from Maris come <laughs> up on stage. They seem very nice. I like them a lot. And take Andrew's quiz because it's not a live show without a yeah. quiz. And this is a pumpkin quiz since Maris has a lot of pumpkins around. And the quiz is uh, they have to guess whether it's a quote from It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, or the movie Pumpkinhead. And Andrew is delighted by this echo that he's got. And I did not like it at all. It was impossible to hear what he was saying. Ugh. No. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, you couldn't understand him at all. He said everything twice. Once with and once without. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, Trivia Host Training 101. The sound system that we issue a lot of trivia hosts with our company uh, has a reverb knob. Keep it all the way down. Do not be the asshole who uses the reverb. Because mm-hmm. you think you sound cool, but no one can understand you and you sound like a jerk. Yeah. Yep. So Steve and Joanne were struggling with the quiz until they figured it out. Figured out that every answer was it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown because Andrew did not watch Pumpkinhead. And they ended up winning the quiz. <laughs> Good quiz, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they have an Ask Us Anything uh, where everybody gets to ask all their questions. The notes I took from that is that the, uh, I think, was it the first person or the second person uh, to ask for advice on starting middle school? That was Andrea Ballard's daughter, Meredith. And she was a very cool kid. I thought she was extremely She poised. was. She needs her own mm-hmm. podcast. Yep. Yeah. Um, Paul Henry sent a box for Andrew from England. So somebody asked what's in the box and it turned out to be a hot dog kite. 
Uh, that leads to a story from Luke about how he and Carrie bought a hot dog floaty in honor of Andrew's visit to Burbank Springs, I guess. But it turned out that when they inflated it, it looks like a vagina. And they're kind <laughs> How does that know. work? Uh, poor design. They're not upset but disappointed because Andrew really didn't seem to register it much at all, the, the honor of the hot dog vagina floaty. And Andrew apologizes several times to Carrie for not being excited enough about that. Lee wants to know, what's the deal with all the drawn show pictures? Are you really having an issue with APM Legal? And I thought this was really funny. Andrew said they were just going through some training on, I don't know, intellectual property rights and copyright law and stuff. And he foresaw a time when they might get in trouble for just taking random pictures off the Internet. So he decided to get out in front of it and stop doing it of his own volition instead of getting upset when somebody tells them that they have to do it. So he understands himself. Uh, some <laughs> yeah. forward thinking, I guess. Uh, yeah. Then we get, I think it was Kelly was the uh, dreamer of the gum chewing was there. And she said, yes, it was a real dream yes. and probably is stress related like Luke and Andrew thought. Uh, and oh, she's also the lady with the rat traps, which was Kelly's got good emails because those were two for two, I thought. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. somebody wants to know, how's the fasting thing to Luke? And his answer is not so great. And then she has her 11 talk about fasting with Luke for a while. And Andrew zoned out for, for a while. Uh, then they're ready to end the show <laughs> before um, Andrew reminds Luke. Or is it Luke reminds Andrew? I can't remember. I think he reminds Luke that they have to do the song of the summer winner. And Luke tries to be kind of coy, but he says that he really, 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 really wants one song to win. And uh, it was not even um, the tiniest bit hidden which, which song he has wanted to win this whole entire time. But the winner, drumroll, turns out to be right. Bobby. You are so smart, Portugal the man. With feel it still you you called it at the top of the competition yeah. and you were right yeah yeah this was not that difficult um it, it was uh it was climbing the alternative charts at just the right time mm -hmm. and also it's a jam there you know uh yeah. even if it does sound just like please you know please mr postman uh there's no denying how good it is and so it's the perfect summer song. I don't know. In 10 years, we'll all remember it the way we remember <laughs> Steal My Sunshine right now. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I was pretty proud of that one. So thanks, world. <laughs> Making me right. And with that, we'll go to housekeeping, starting with a reminder to buy stuff from us. It doesn't just have to be travel <laughs> underwear and uh, communion wafers. Really anything at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. We get a few pennies. Can I interest you in a... A hot dog vagina floaty? If you can find it. That's a pretty disturbing yeah. picture, Meredith. I think that's, I'm still confused on how you go. No. That's on Amazon. That's from Amazon. Kangaroo uh, pool floats, hot dog pool raft, seven feet. You Oh, you found it. Fourteen ninety five. What a deal. I don't even have a pool. I think I might buy one. That is, uh, is, wow. It's just even weirder to me that there's a model <laughs> holding it up. 
<laughs> All right, you can buy that. You can also archive for us. Email littleredbandwagon at gmail.com for that. Um, you can buy our merch at littleredbandwagon.com, and there was tons of uh, Wagoneers representing at the picnic. Christy told us all about all the merch that she saw there. So thank you. And we've had a couple yes. orders come in since then, I think, of people who were jealous. So uh, get all your fandom gear at littleredbandwagon.com. You can listen to our friends over at Earbuds and Earworms. Uh, their latest episode is about songs with people's names in the title. And remember to save us your favorite or least favorite clips uh, for our end of the year uh, favorite moments. We haven't gotten that many, which makes me think that people just don't have favorite moments of our show. And I don't know Aww. what to think of that. Come on, guys. Or it's all just one big favorite. <laughs> yeah. Your your <laughs> December reruns going to be just a back-to-back stitch together of every episode. Every show. <laughs> 300 shows all at once. <laughs> Uh, if you want to get involved with the show, like Bobby said, our website is littleredbandwagon.com or submit your throw your phone moments or your hug your phone moments to throwyourphone.com. Check us out on Facebook, our page, or the Stens page. Our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time. This is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. Stage freeze, just do it.